Broadcasting from Oklahoma, the tornado capital of the world, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the University of Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Curated Experience Show, a weekly podcast about the customer experience with viewpoints you will not hear anywhere else. And now your host, author, and customer experience expert, Amos Tanuma. Welcome to the Curated Experience. I am your host, Amos Tanuma. And I've got a um, guest on with me today. I've got Zach Thomas. Um, Zach, making sure you're still with me. <laughs> I am here. Absolutely. Hey, um, so let me do a quick intro of Zach and then Zach can sort of add more to it. So Zach is an author, coach, um, a speaker himself, an entrepreneur. He's involved with um, Chick-fil-A and runs franchises there and um, he'll, he'll get into some of that. So really, really, really excited. And uh, one of the, the main reasons um, I wanted to have you on was um, a lot of your work around around leadership and how it impacts um, organizations. So welcome to the show, Zach, and I'm happy you decided to join us. Thanks, Amos. It's an, it's an honor to be here. Awesome. So let's, let's jump right in. And uh, for those of you listening, we'll post Zach's info. He is um, active. Um, online and on social media, so you you'll be able to connect with them directly. Uh, but I want to I want to start by talking broadly about when I think about companies, they have plenty of constituents, right? So employees, customers, shareholders, da 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 da. So let's let's just limit it to three. And I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer, but I would love your perspective um, when you do work with companies and all of that. How do you how do you encourage them to think about the employee, customers, and let's call it shareholders or, or ownership? How do you advise them and how to rank them? Not like, you know, you have to please all of them, but how do you encourage them? Which one do you tell them to start first? Which one second? Do you have a, a point of view on that, on that age old debate? Well, it's an interesting question. I would I'd tell you, you know, I'm a, as a Chick-fil-A franchisee, I, I have one franchise restaurant right now. And, um, one of the things that I tell, you know, as the, as the owner of the yeah. business, um, one of the things that I tell my team members is that we are all customers to each other. Mm. And so, you know, when you look at, um, one, one of the, in, inside my organization, um, I have a, a front of house staff and a back of and a back of house staff, and and currently right now we are we are only running drive through operations, and so, um, but but we have we have those two components of the business, and a lot of times there's animosity that that can right. come up between the two and healthy and, friction, right? <laughs> yep, yep, and even even between the AM staff and the PM staff, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, Hey, y'all didn't set me up for success when I came over to take a, you know, for the night shift and that sort of thing. And so, but I've tried to shift their mindset to think about like, they are each other's customer. Mm. And so not only is it the customer that's coming through the, the drive-through line or, or when we open back up our dining rooms, you know, in the dining room, but, um, because that is obviously our customer. And one of the mindsets that I, and, and we talk more about this in a minute, but one of the mindsets that I, I try to put in my team members during our vision value session, which I do with, with each one is uh, that the customer pays your paycheck, mm-hmm. not me, 
not me. I may, I may sign it, but you know, the customer pays your paycheck. And I think that mindset shift when they think about, well, I want to do things to keep them coming back because that's who's paying, that's who's paying my paycheck. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment, but, but kind of going along with what I was saying a second ago is just that when you change their mindset to also incorporate that, um, as a front of house staff member, my customer is, is the kitchen. And then as the kitchen, my customer is the front of house and how they can serve each other and work together, uh, on customer service. Right. Yeah. Like, and so you're, 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 you're speaking my language. I mean, I, I think, and you know, we, we didn't rehearse this and I haven't, I haven't uh, talked to you before, but it, you're exactly right. You know, what I like to espouse is your first customer or your fellow employees, right? Mm-hmm. So before the customer ever walks through the door, before you ever deal with any any external customer, you've dealt with coworkers, and that's where the experience starts, right? Like you can't turn it on and off. So I love what you're saying in night, you know, treat, you know, AM versus PM or whatever, front of the house, back of the house is um, your 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 first customers, and then. And then you just carry it on through, right, to external customers. And by definition, if you do all of that, I think shareholders would be happy, right? Right. Absolutely. Awesome. So, I, I want to get into a little bit about um, getting to sort of your methodology. I, I, I looked into some of your, your, your work. Um, and the way I wanted you to think about this is there are haves and have-nots in, in this whole topic of uh, leadership and the customer experience and the employee experience. I'd love to hear from you, you know, what you've seen of, you know, what separate those who have and those who are good at this, if you will, and those who are or not. What are those qualities and systems you've seen that separate the two groups? Well, I would think that uh, for the most part, it really comes down to the questions of why, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, if I'm in, if I'm in customer service, uh, why am I doing that? You know, is it, is it just for a paycheck or is it because I desire to serve other people and, and make other people's lives better? And so I think that's really the core. That's one of the things that that I do in my interview process is that I'm, I'm really trying to discern that, uh, through the interview process and that do they have a natural desire to, to serve and, and put others before themselves. And I think that's, you know, just a natural, uh, wiring for some people. And I think that is a great predictor of whether they are a have or a have not to use your language. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, um, that, that's really kind of the core of it, you know, what's their why. And, um, one of the things that I, that I share when I, I, I speak to a lot of students as well, especially in my community. And, you know, I, I have this, uh, talk that I do, quite often and I'll, I'll condense it down into, you know, just a sentence or two here, but 
you know, I tell them, you know, in school, you learn all the questions of, you know, who, what, when, where, why, and how. And, you know, as, as young folks, the, the question that occupies their mind first is usually like, what am I going to do? What's my career? You know, what, what am I going to do? And they get so fixated on that. And then it's like, well, you know, well, when am I going to do it? And and they get impatient because we live in an instant gratification culture and, and all that. And then, and then it's like, well, how am I going to do it? And then they kind of get overwhelmed by, you know, college degree and, you know, what am I going to major in and all that? And how am I going to get this job? And how am I going to, the, the American dream, all that stuff. So that's, you know, that's what, that's when, that's, that's how. And then I, I think though, the, the most important questions that we we eventually get to some people much later on in life, but the sooner that they can get to that question, the better is what I just talked about a minute ago is, is why, you know, why? And, and you know, Simon Sinek, you know, made that question famous <laughs> recently. But, I, but honestly, I don't think that's the most important question. I think the most important question is who, who, am I going to be? Who am I going to become? Because, you know, once you figure out the why, and that's kind of the, 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 the purpose behind, um, what you're doing, the who is like, that's what gives you meaning. That's like, I, I know that I want to be a person that was known for fill in the blank, right? Like caring for people or making other people's lives better or, you know, and so that's the who question. And that's all about me and as an individual or what is it that I want to be known for? Um, Dallas Willard's one of my favorite authors. And, you know, he said that the most important thing about a man or woman is, is not what he or she does, but who he or she becomes. Huh. That's powerful. I haven't, I haven't, I- that um, if you're if you're just joining, um, I we're chatting with um, Zach Thomas. Um, Zach is with uh, Leader Farming, and um, he's a Chick Fil A franchise operator and author, a speaker, and uh, we are having a conversation around leadership and and um, growing organizations. So so let me let me let me shift gears a little bit and talk to you about. Um, how did you come to this place where you you have this um, this farm strategy, F A R M um, strategy that you have? Talk a little bit about some of the things that happened uh, in your career or in life, um, maybe mistakes or things. What got you here? How did you get to a place where you said, you know, what there's there's something missing here? Um, how did you how did you come about? How did you come come to this place? Yeah. So a little background. Um, so I, I did, I grew up on a farm and so, you know, I just, I, I'm grateful for my upbringing and I love the idea of, of farming. And I tell people, I'll give you, I give you two kind of summaries up front. I tell yeah. people, you know, some, some farmers grow corn, <laughs> some grow, <laughs> some grow potatoes. I grow, I grow leaders. That's what I do. And so it's my chosen crop, right? And, uh, and, and, and I, here's another phrase that I'll give you. I tell people all the time that, um, my company is just a leader is a leadership development company that just happens to sell chicken. Mm. And so, you know, when you think about 
whatever you're doing, whether you're selling chicken or any other, you know, widget or whatever, like if you shift your mindset to think about becoming a person that grows leaders and, and develops people. And so one day I was literally driving down the road and I was incredibly frustrated with the, the turnover that I was fighting. And, and, and it just, you know, it, it just seemed like that, um, you, you can never make people happy with even giving them pay raises and all that kind of stuff. And, and obviously my industry being in the quick service food industry, for the most part, it's, it's, it's people's first job. And very few people come knocking on my door, wanting to work for me saying, Hey, I want to work here for the rest of my life. Like it just doesn't, doesn't happen. Um, well, it has happened, but uh, it's it, it's rare, right? Yeah. And so, you know, very few people think that way. And this, you know, hey, this is my first job, or this is kind of my. I do get quite a few people that this is their kind of retirement job. They right. they uh, they've had a career, they've got retirement, and they they literally just want to serve people. And so those those folks are wonderful, and I'm very pleased and happy to have them in my organization. But I, I was literally driving down the road one day and I was passing McEachern High School. McEachern's this major, huge high school right outside of my where my old franchise was located. Right. And they had this endowment fund and this this huge stadium and, and everything. And I I just remember thinking, I wonder what um his name's Coach Dorsey. I wonder what Coach Dorsey, you know, does when he's thinking about about players. Hmm that that have to leave after their senior year like right. you know his his bet sure. his best players right? right i mean typically your seniors are your seasoned starters your best players and and every year no matter what he does they leave like they have to leave right. and every year no matter what he does he has to have freshmen and new players and he he has to like he has to think about his his organization, a team that way. Like he has to embrace turnover no matter what he does. He doesn't have a choice. And then I thought about the next level. I started thinking about college sports and it's the same thing. And and the question that you, you start thinking about is that, you know, there are some colleges that just have amazingly sustainable winning programs. Right. And the, and the question is why, right? Like why, what is different about them? And so I began to, you know, just research a little bit more about that. And then I kind of went to the, to the next level and started thinking about major league and, and, and professional sports. And, and then, um, it worked out really great because, uh, in terms of my, my brand here, that baseball, right. They call their minor league teams, their farm teams. And of course that, that's a, uh, a term that that came from years ago where, um, uh, you know, major league players would kind of jokingly say that, you know, they're, they're, you're growing players down on, you know, in these small towns down on the farm, like corn. Right. And, uh, and so they, you know, they, they call them as a colloquial term, but they call, you know, they call them farm teams. And, and so I began to think about that and like as a major league or as a, excuse me, as a, as a farm team coach or a minor league coach, like, what is my primary goal? Mm. My primary goal is not only to win games, right? Like, I mean, you want to win your, your team. Like that's part of the deal. You, you have to win games. You have to create a team that works together well and wins games. 
but you also have to and want to create players for the major leagues. Like that's part of your job description. And so what if I shifted my mindset to begin thinking like a farm team coach? What if I said my goal is to create talent for the major leagues and win games? And so that whole mindset shift, when I began to just release this, this um, false control <laughs> over uh, over. Um, churn, right? You wanted you wanted lower churn. Want everyone to stay forever. That's kind of the yep. default thing. You feel a sense of failure. Ah, oh, don't even. But it's, it's embracing that, right? Yep. So just embracing the idea of turnover, and and ironically, the opposite happened. My, my turnover got so much lower. My because people didn't feel guilted or are manipulated to stay like they knew that they were free to go and they knew that I had their best interest at heart and they they know that I'm developing them and they, I'm helping them grow and become the best version of themselves and and they and they see Chick Fil A as a as an opportunity to um, to you know build their resume and also help them grow as an individual but in turn they're giving a hundred percent. Like they're giving their best, which when they leave, they're actually leaving a trail of high performance in my organization for other people to follow. And so, and, and, and another major thing here is that it, think about this. Okay. So if you played baseball, if you were a baseball player and you were, you were coming out of high school and here in Atlanta, we have uh, we have several minor league teams, farm teams, right. and and one is local here, um, just up the road, the Rome Braves. Hmm. And and let's just say, you know, and I don't really keep up with their statistics, but let's just say theoretically that let, let's say the Rome Braves are doing, I don't even think they've started their season this year, but you know, let's just say they're doing amazingly well, right. and they're they're like in the playoffs for you know the minor league World Series, and and they're doing great and. And their track record is producing like, you know, a lot of a lot of people for the major leagues, right? They're 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 producing talent left and right for the major leagues. People are getting drafted and pulled up all the time. And then there's the Columbus Catfish, which is a you know, a team that nobody's ever heard of. And it's they're they're a feeder team for the Los Angeles Dodgers or used to be. And and you're a you're a high school baseball player. You're at the top of your game, and and you get a phone call from the Rome Braves right. and the Columbus Catfish. And from what you understand, the Columbus Catfish haven't sent anybody up to the major leagues in <laughs> in quite some time. Right. They're they're not winning games. Yep. But then the Rome Braves are winning games like crazy, and they're sending people to the major leagues all the time. Which one are you going to choose? <laughs> no brainer, right? Right. And so, so what if the talent out there looking at your company saw you as a minor league team, a farm team that's producing talent for the major leagues and, and winning games? And so what it does is it creates this perpetual cycle of, of opportunity within your organization and it attracts talent. And, uh, and so it's very, very counterintuitive, but it has worked for my organization and it continues to work for other organizations that have embraced this, uh, this idea. So that's kind of the, the, 
the philosophy and how you kind of get past the norm of, of being so fixated on, you know, fighting turnover and, and that sort of thing. And then what I do is I kind of walk through, um, the farm strategy and, and how, um, you know, that breaks down and, and, and helping people, people do that. So that's, that's amazing. Um, I want to, I want to end with, um, a question I like to ask, uh, a lot of my guests, which is talk to me about, um, two areas, one, some influential books that you read either a long time ago, recently, they were like, man, this is, this was a game changer for me. And then secondarily, talk about some practices, some things you do, some behaviors um, that, that folks can sort of learn from to help them get uh, better and smarter. Yeah, so I'm always a little little cautious outside, in this area. Outside of your, outside of your book, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aside, aside, aside from Leader Farming, which is a yep. book available and folks can go purchase it. Yeah, love to kind of get like, man, I read this book. I don't know, you know, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, whatever. Right, and it was right. That moment that I was like, ah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I would. So here's what I was, would say is that I'm, you know, I'm always a little, little cautious when that question's asked because you know everybody has got a stack of of books, right? <laughs> that like I haven't read, and it's like, man, it's just overwhelming and. And so the way I like to answer that question is honestly find people that you know and you trust and just stick with them yep. and and just uh and and to be very choosy with your you know who you allow to speak into your life because if you if you've got like 500 voices speaking into your life you're not really hearing a lot And, um, but it's right. right. And so rather than going wide, go deep. And so I will share rather than books, I will share two authors Mm. that have had the most influence on my life and, uh, and, and just really, uh, influenced my writing and, and, and my leadership and, and everything. So the first author is, is Tim Elmore with growing leaders and you can find them at growingleaders.com. Uh, Tim writes, uh, on the generations and does, has done a lot of generation research. He, he writes about, uh, he, he wrote about Gen Z and Gen, uh, Y and, uh, you know, uh, he's got a, a plethora of, of books. Uh, his, his series, I guess you would call it, it's called habitudes, um, which is, uh, habits uh, are images that create habits and attitudes. And, uh, and he primarily, his primary audience is the education community. He works with a lot of schools and colleges and everything. But one of the things that, um, and I was in the military for 10 and a half years. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, uh, Thank you for I, your service, by the way. my pleasure. Um, I would say that that Tim following Tim's work has given me a tactical advantage uh, in in business. And I I went to one of his leadership conferences early on, and, and Tim has become a personal friend and a mentor these days. But I, years ago, I went to to one of his conferences, and I was like, I was one of the only 
I was like one of three business people in the entire room of like 300 people. Ooh, everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else was, you know, they were educators, they were educators and they were, you know, and, and I'm like, man, you know, there needs to be more business people here. Like people need to be listening to this. And, 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 and Tim was, you know, he's really studying these kids that were in school and like, they're, they're my future employees. And so that's really what has given me a tactical advantage uh, over the years. And, and Tim is always staying ahead of the curve there. And so we're, I'm already looking at, you know, my next generation of, of employees and, and starting to, to, to think about them, not, not just who's here now. And um, the other author that has had the most influence on my life, or I'd, I'd say the other organization um, that has had, had the most influence is, uh, is a ministry called Ransomed Heart Ministries out of Colorado. And uh, John Eldridge is the, has uh, written quite a few books there. Uh, he's, he's the president of that ministry. And uh, Morgan Snyder is, is publishing a book that comes out in May. Uh, I've already read it. Um, as one of the, um, you know, I had a galley copy of it and, right. and read it, but, um, but that, that has really, really influenced me. That ministry has influenced me more than really anything else. And so between, um, Tim Elmore and uh, growing leaders and ransom heart ministries, those are the two big influences on my life that have, uh, and, and I've gone really deep with these organizations. Yeah, yeah. I, I've gone so deep to say that, like, I know these people personally and, and their friends and, you know, I've got their, their phone number in my phone and I could text them right now. And, you know, and it's because I've, I've been following them and, and reading their stuff and attending their events for 15 years. And, and so, um, you know, that's my encouragement is, you know, don't go wide, go deep. I, 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 I could not agree more. Um, I want, I want you to leave us on, what about some practices? What do you, what do you do that some of our folks could, could learn from in terms of, you know, do you wake up in the morning? Do you meditate? Just whatever comes to mind or practices or things that, you know what, I make lists, whatever hack you want to, you want to give our audience. I think they'll appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, I have this little, this little book right here that I created. It's, it's called my, my monthly trail guide. Yeah. I'm a hiker. Uh, I, I used to be, uh, I don't hike as much anymore. Of course I was in the army and I I hiked for a living. Uh, So, um, forced forced hiking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, um, I created this and it's, it's really a, um, you know, a book of creating habits. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, write down my, my goals in here. And then I, uh, I I go through this process of gratitude, you know, weekly thinking about the things I'm grateful for. I actually go back through my phone and look at my photos and, and write down the things that I'm grateful for. And that really keeps me in a positive mindset. And then, um, I, I create filters. So what are my growth filters? And, and I, I name those filters. And then as things pop up in this wildly distracting world that we live in today, if it doesn't fit in that filter, I say, okay, either no 
or not now, or, you know, put it aside. Like it really helps me stay focused. And then, um, I, I have uh, weekly or daily, which is like my morning routine. I have my my evening routine, my weekly routine, and my monthly routine. And so that's all in in here. Uh, and I use that. Uh, I carry it in my back pocket, and uh, and I use it daily. And it's just it's a process that I use um, that has made me a very productive and. Um, yeah, also, also clears also clears your head. I knew you would have some some, some great stuff with your with, with your background. I, I knew you had to be you had to have a process to keep things straight. Well, well, Zach, I really really appreciate it, and I've enjoyed um, chatting with you. For the audience, we're gonna post Zach's information. So if you want to connect with him on uh, Twitter, or email, what have you, we'll have his information there. And uh, Zach, it's really been my pleasure. Thank you so much for. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. And until next time, remember, the experience is either random or intentionally curated. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Curated Experience with Amas Tanuma. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll join the conversation online by visiting us at curatedcx.com or at amastanuma.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-D-C-X.com or A-M-A-S. T-E-N-U-M-A-H dot com. And please invite your friends and colleagues to visit our website or iTunes where they can check this and previous podcasts. This has been a Beyond LLC production. Check us next time for another edition of The Curated Experience.